2018, God, we just want to get closer. As we sang, we want to be closer. We want to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me? Come on, are you with me? You know, spinning tires. Spinning tires and ending up in ditches. That's where we don't want to be, is in the ditch. Right? And, okay, how many have ever been in the ditch? Come on, let's have some honesty here. Okay, you, okay, it was your fault. You were driving too fast or you were not paying attention. Hands up. Okay, so we got some honest people in the, here today. That's good. Because we, we need you to be, when we look at the Word of God this morning, and I brought my iPad. I'm just trying to think where it is. Um, I think it's there. There it is. And I brought it, and it's on low power. So just in case it goes out, I did put it into note form too. And I'm usually not one for, you know, doing notes. But I thought, man, there's so much here that, uh, you know, we want to talk about and uh, we want to look at this morning that's so crucial to having that kind of momentum to carry us through in 2018 so we're not spinning our tires, okay? You've got the snow tires on. How many have snow tires on their cars? Good, good. Wow, you guys must be Canadians. I'm a Canadian too. Got to tell my... Our, our Americans that they need those snow tires. So what we want to look at this morning is we're going to look at where is your heart? Where is my heart? Where is it? Come on. Where is my heart? And my notes, for some reason, just disappeared. So uh, that was good. Okay, so we're just going to go with the paper notes because my other notes are gone. But you know what? That's all right. We're just going to go with that. You know, I was thinking about our heart. Our heart is so important, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, I'm going to say some verses. If later on you would like to know where these verses are, I will tell you. Okay? But out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. All right? So if you've got negativity you're dwelling on, what are you going to speak? Man, today I'm just going to end up in the ditch, right? Or I'm not going to make it today, whatever. So Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Then we look at Luke 6.45. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Then Luke 12.34. Where your treasure is, this is where your heart is also. So we begin to see that the heart is important. Because the heart usually dictates where we're going to go. And you see, if I've got, and I've got a standard in my Honda Civic, and if I put that in neutral, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not. I could sit in that car all day and press the gas pedal down, and when it's in neutral, I'm not going. Now, if I'm on a hill, it's going to take me somewhere. I've got to engage. I have to have a heart that is engaged. Okay? I've got to activate that heart. Okay? Um. When I was working, my, I started to get a twitch above my heart, and it concerned me, you know, because I'm 56 years of age, believe it or not. I know some of you thought I was 25, but uh, no. <laughs> Come on now, laugh with me, people. Come on, it's the last day, 2000. Okay, so I got this twitch, and I'm concerned about it because I'm thinking, well, I'm in my 50s now. And I should be concerned about it because something's going on, you know, and, and 
the heart, the mind, right? Your mind is starting. You, you hear about this guy who's in his 50s, and he shoveled his driveway, and he dropped dead. That was his last thing in 2000. So he shoveled his driveway, right? Maybe shoveling too hard. But, but here's the situation. I went to the doctor because I was concerned about my heart. And I wanted to see what was going on. And I'm because I'm thinking, man, this is just not, not right. Like, I mean, it's not happening on this side. It's happening here, somewhere here. And so, you know, they do the test, ECG, and all that kind of stuff. And this, this was going back probably a year ago. And she says, she came back, and I'm waiting for the news. Okay, what is it? It's, it's probably stress, right, or something. No, she said, it's not even your heart. Your heart is fine. It's your pec muscle. <laughs> it's my pec muscle. What's a pec muscle? Does anybody know what a pec A pec a pec muscle, really. So, so here's the situation, right? It's my pec muscle. Yes, because you are a climber. You climb trees. So because of that, you have to use upper body strength, and that affects your pec muscles. Wow. There you go. There you go, right? But isn't it true, though? Come on. Isn't that true about our hearts that we need, you know, to have our hearts checked? And as we go into 2018... We want to ask God, God, where is our hearts? We sang that song. I love that lyric. What was that lyric again? Um, for me, only Jesus with my heart. What was that? Yeah, that was an, that's an awesome lyric because that's where we're going this morning. Now, I want to just talk to you about the physical heart because a lot of us, you know, um, have a physical heart, obviously. It says here, <laughs> anybody, nobody's flatlining this morning. Okay, good. All right, except for the Grinch. Okay, I heard that. So I want to read this stuff because I want to just thought, man, this is, this is amazing about our heart. But your heart isn't just a pump. It's a super pump. Every part of your body needs oxygen to survive, and your heart pumps oxygen-rich blood to every organ in your body every minute of every day. Okay? So depending on what you're doing, your heart will pump one to seven gallons of blood a minute and as much as 2,000 gallons a day. Think about that. 2,000 gallons a day. Over the course of your lifetime, your heart will pump 1 million barrels of blood. That's enough blood to fill two oil super tankers. Okay? Okay, your heart's not red. And a bigger heart doesn't mean a better heart. And this is ama amazing, too, that your heart cannot fatigue. All right? You might have heard that, but it says that your heart will beat 100,000 times a day and almost 1 million times a week. What's remarkable is that although your heart can weaken for other reasons, it won't fatigue, it never tires out, it has tremendous endurance. Think about trying to squeeze a tennis ball in your hand 100,000 times. All right? I don't think you can do that. Okay? And you can have a, a heart attack without chest pain. So these are just some of the things about our heart. But you know what? Emotions and stress can break your heart, believe it or not. Emotions and stress. So we want to know, first of all, where is our heart? Where is your heart this morning? As we go into 2018, I look at myself and say, where is my heart? Holy Spirit. Where's my heart? Do the checkup right now. Am I distracted? 
What's in my heart? Because remember, what's in that heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? As I think, so am I. As I think in my heart, right? What are the things, what are the roadblocks that are causing me? I mean, it's so easy to get into a rut. It is so easy to get in a drift. I remember when I went to Raleigh, it's so easy to just set aside your time with the Lord and get busy. You know, you can ride that for a while, but eventually it will catch up with you. Eventually it'll start to, to look you. So we want to look at 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's go to the you know, Scripture. Scripture is so good this morning, so rich with truth. Let's look at 1 Peter 1, 14, 23. The first thing, okay, the fuel that's going to make my heart burn, it starts with a purified heart, a single-minded heart. 1 Peter 1, and we're going to go to that. Now, I've got the passion here. If you don't have that, it's okay. It's a great translation um, of the Word of God, but I'm going to read it to you because I want to hear what, you know, the Word of God says. You can hear my thoughts, but I want to hear what does God say about this And 1 Peter chapter 1, 14 to 23, because this is all about our hearts this morning. We want to look at our hearts. We want to get our hearts in that right. We want to get it into the right position. Right? Don't we? Because that's going to determine what's going to happen in 2018. So it starts with a purified heart. Here it says, he says in verse 13, we'll call a call to holiness. So then, he says, prepare your hearts and minds for action. Stay alert and fix your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus Christ is unveiled, a greater measure of grace will be released to you. As God's obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know better. Instead, shape your lives to become like the Holy One who called you. For Scripture says, you are to be holy because I am holy. So we got to check, first of all, what is going on in our hearts. Because all our deeds sometimes, it says in Proverbs 21, 12, are right in the sight of the doer, but the Lord weighs the heart. So now as we do that checkup, Holy Spirit, what is the motives of my heart? Did you know that pride and arrogance can stop you? I mean, you think about the Pharisees, you think about them, they had the word. They knew it, but yet they did not understand. They did not see who Jesus was because of pride and arrogance. You see, God talks about humility. There's greed. People-pleasing. These are some of the things that can, can jack up your heart, that can keep you from, from experiencing God in a whole new way. In Luke 12, 15, it says this, guard your heart from greed and always wishing for what you don't have, for your life can never be measured by the amount of things you don't have. And Jesus talks about that. There's a parable about that, this guy who owns this land. And he has all this land, and he says, man, this is amazing. You know, I've got, I've got this car now, and it's like a 2011, man. I think I need a 2017 this year. And it better be a Toyota Land Cruiser or, or whatever, Highlander or whatever it is, too. And then he goes on, and this is in the parable of Luke 12. Now, I'm obviously doing some... Adding to this. And he's saying to himself, wait a minute, now I got all these people working for me. I got a barn. Everything seems to be good. I got a beautiful house. Four, wait a minute, four bedrooms. I got to have six. 
with six bedrooms in this next house. But he's, what has happened to him is he's allowed his heart to get consumed with things and material things. And what does Jesus say in this parable? He says that it's so easy. It's so easy for us to get our heart out of alignment with the kingdom. Come on. I've done it. It is so easy. And then you get on this path, and then you wonder why, what's going on. And he got onto this place, and then all of a sudden, he got this knock at his door. I don't know if he was 55. I don't know what age this guy was. What he would, maybe could have been 30s, in his 30s, 40s. I don't know where he was. But he got this knock on the door, and all of a sudden, he said, guess what? Guess what? Time's up. Your time's up. Isn't that, you know, and that's, that's a heart checkup right there. My time's up. So what did I do with my time? What did I do? And it's tonight. Your soul is required of you. He says to the man, and the man said, man, I got, I got it all wrong. And Jesus said, your heart was in the wrong place. Your heart wasn't engaged. It was in neutral. You were drifting. And this guy wasn't rich. He was rich in material things. But he wasn't rich in his relationship with God. You see, you can come here on a Sunday morning. You can take in all of this. You can take in this mess. You can take it all in. But through the week, what are you doing to cultivate that heart of yours? Because that heart can get hard. It can. And it can get insensitive. And you need to bring that heart to Jesus to let him begin to mold it. John 8:44 says this, the enemy of our heart fills this world with lies, worry, and he wants us to be controlled by fear. So as we think about these things, we think about our heart, we think about the fact what is going on in our hearts this morning, we have to ask ourselves, is my heart engaged? Is my heart tendency to drift? Am I easily distracted? Does social media take a place in that heart? What is it this morning, if you were to do the checkup on your heart, which one would you check off on that list and say, yeah, that's where my heart is. It shouldn't be there because that's where my treasure is. And Jesus is the treasure. He's the great pearl. But so easily we forget that. Right? We go through all the motions and we go, and then all of a sudden we're enduring church instead of enjoying it. Right? Right? An engaged heart. It's, what under the, it's what's under the hood, folks, that counts. You're talking to a truck guy. It's under, what's under the hood. Okay? I know because my brother went to an auction in Calgary. And unknown to me, he went and he saw this beautiful King Rancher Ford diesel truck. And he thought, this truck looks so good. It's got like, a, it's lift, it's got a lift on it, right? It's lifted up. It's got, <clears throat> it's got the big box on it. And it's got all the custom features on it. And my brother thought, this is a great truck. And it came down the line on the auction and he bid on it and he got a I think he thought he got a good for a good price. But the biggest thing, and he even took someone with him, a mechanic, but the problem was it wasn't a diesel mechanic. That's right. If you're going to buy a diesel, make sure you get a diesel mechanic, okay? Because they know about it, right? 
So, and what happened was he got an engine that was no good, a 6.0, which is one of the biggest uh, uh, flops for Ford was a 6.0. You got to have a 7.3 diesel. I'm teaching you something now. 7.3 is a good diesel or a 6.7 is a good diesel. Okay, that's what I have right now, 6.7, because I did my homework. I started asking the people that know. I started talking about it to the people. Who knows your heart better? It doesn't matter what's on the outside. I can look at you this morning and say, you look good. You look good. But on the inside, and even Jesus challenged the Pharisees, you, you know, we look good, man. Come on. We're going to get the best seats in the house. Yeah. I got the best seats in the house. Woo. And I look in. Oh, I pray, man. Oh, yeah, I pray. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And I pray. But you know what? Jesus said to these guys, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't see, man. I've been in the Word of God. Oh, yeah, I've been studying. I've been doing it. Yeah, but you don't see. You don't see that guy's heart, do you? Do you? No. You don't see his heart. And Jesus says to them, hey, guys, I love Jesus because Jesus is, you know, we all say, oh, yeah, Jesus is lovey-dovey. No, he's not lovey-dovey. Sometimes he calls it like it is. And he says, guess what, guys? You're dirty on the inside. What? Yeah, you're like these cups, you know, on the inside, on the outside. You look all shiny and everything. But on the inside, man, you're full of crap. And these guys are kind of like, they're going cross-eyed. Whoa. Wow, this is like uh, the whole pleasing people, pleasing things coming down on me now. Right? And so the God is touching on them. He's dealing with the heart. If he said to me, Lloyd, where is your heart? What is your treasure? What do you think about most? Right? And is my heart engaged? Do I have that right? Am I allowing myself? Do I have the engine that's going to carry me through? Right? I mean, how many, how many, what did I say about our heart being a super pump? How many, come on, how many gallons a day? Did anybody remember that? 2,000, wasn't it? 2,000 gallons a day? That's crazy. And so what we got to do is think about all that, all that stuff happening in our bodies. What are we doing spiritually for the nutrients, cover our spiritual heart? You can't just, you can't just, you know, sit back and just let somebody else do it for you. I've seen that happen. Trust me, I've been in situations where I've seen somebody and they've gone to a certain place or they've gone to this conference or they've gone to that. I mean, you're not getting tired, man. How many conferences have you been at? I've been 25. Wow. Like, seriously. And I'm not saying, like, wow, I've only been to five. But, um, you know, you got to say to yourself, well, listen, man, there comes a point when you got to start doing it yourself. You got to cultivate it yourself, man. You could be going, oh, yeah, man, I'm on my 26th conference now. I'm going to get blessed by the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, you got to start saying to yourself, okay, there comes a point when I've got to say to myself, what am I doing to cultivate? Don't expect your spouse. Someone says, I'm going to ride my wife's coattails. No, you're not. I'm going to ride my husband's coat. No, you're not. You try to ride their coattails. Come on. All right. I'm starting to sound like a southern preacher. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, so... Um, an engaged heart. What does it look like, Lloyd, this morning? Let me tell you. It's a heart that burns for his presence, number one. You got a pen? Come on. A heart that burns for his presence. I heard that back there. Thank you. A heart that burns for his presence. Luke 24, 32. Come on. They were on the road to Emmaus. And this was after Jesus had died on the cross. 
And all of a sudden, Jesus comes along. And I love it because Jesus does this in our lives sometimes. He loves playing hide and seek. He'll come along, and you don't even know he's there. And starts talking to these guys. And he says, wait a minute, where have you been? Don't you have any idea what just took place? I mean, Jesus, man, this amazing miracle man did this and this. Well, guess what? They crucified him, man. They killed him. They murdered him. And they're going on, and Jesus starts revealing to them in the scriptures what, what it's all about. And then later on, the guys go, eventually when Jesus reveals himself, says, did not our heart, didn't our hearts burn within us? Come on. Sometimes we get so focused on, on, on other things and doing activity that we forget it's the presence. It's his presence. Wait for his presence. I'm good at that. Sometimes I rush ahead. You know, I've been in situations where, you know, we've, we do mission work and we go to different areas in, in Cuba. There's, there's place, times I can tell you that, and I won't get into that this morning, but times I cannot even take credit for it. But it's his presence that led me into those, led us into those situations. So number one, wait for his presence. A heart that burns for his presence. Number two, it's a heart that endures. And I want to read this. I'm just going to read some of this because this is amazing. Luke 7, 36, 50. Let's go to Luke. Come on. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Let's hear those apps turning. Let's hear those pages going crazy. Wild, 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 wild. Come on. Seriously, you know, and I, I read. I have the Amplified. I have the, um, the message. And, you know, I used to be, when I was in college, they, it was King James. Guys, you, know, you wouldn't believe this about me, but I went to a Bible college where basically um, it was King James Version only. And I had to do a course called 10 Reasons Why We Ought to Memorize the Word of God. And the NIV was the not inspired version. Um, I'm serious. And so I had to come through a little loops, okay, because I had to deal with some of that legalism myself in my own life. But when I went to Bible college, you know, you're studying this. But I want to say this, even in spite of that, all that stuff, I learned a lot. Man, we had to study the Bible probably a lot more than what they're actually studying it today in some other places. Like, I had to know, I had to study, like, even for my exam, 60 hours worth to even pass to get a B plus in Ephesians. I mean, we had to memorize outlines and memorize stuff like that. But anyways, a heart, number two, a heart that adores. You see, you can have all that information. You can have everything. You can know everything about Jesus and yet not know him. Isn't that crazy? You think about that, right? It's like you can't, you know, because you don't, you're not in love. There is no love. I can be in a relationship with my wife, and we can just be in a relationship basically, but there isn't love in that relationship. Amy Carmichael was a missionary to India. And she served there, I can't remember how many years, but she gave her life to these children in India. Amazing woman. And she said this. This is her, her statement, and I love it. She says, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Isn't that good? A heart that adores. And when you get stuff, information about Jesus, it should make your heart adore. We should be like on our face, on our knees before him, like, you know, because if we're not, then our heart, we got to check that heart. So Luke 7, 36, 50. How are we doing here? Good, good. 36, 50, Luke 7. This is amazing. So, okay, I want to read it because, I mean, I could talk to you about it, but here it is. Okay, so this guy, he's a religious leader. His name is Simon. I hope nobody's a Simon here. All right. 
It's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, a Jewish leader named Simon, he says, Jesus, I want you to come to my home for dinner. We're going to have meatloaf. We're going to have some beans and meatloaf. Jesus is saying, mmm, come on. Jesus doesn't like food. He created it. He created our taste buds. Isn't that amazing? How many of you are tired of turkey dinner? You've had enough. All right, good. Some of you. <clears throat> Man, I've had a lot of turkey dinner. All right, still love it, though. Okay, so he says, Jesus, <laughs> I want you to come to my house. And Jesus accepts the invitation. He's going to come over for some meatloaf. I know it's not, it, trust me, it's not in the Passion Bible. I'm just putting that as an illustration. So he went to Simon's home. He took his place at the table. Okay, so he sits at the table. But then in this neighborhood, there was this immoral woman of the streets, known all to be a prostitute. When she heard about Jesus <clears throat> being in Simon's house, she took an exquisite flask made from alabaster, filled it with the most expensive perfume, went right into the home of the Jewish religious leader, and knelt at the feet of Jesus in front of all the guests. Okay, so she doesn't care. It's not about you. It's not about me. She's there to honor somebody. She's there because she knows who this person is. And we see in her actions, in her actions, let's watch here. She knelt at the feet of Jesus in front of all the guests. She kept crying and drying his feet with her long hair. Now, you're just, we're just talking about this, but can you imagine if we could see the faces of the, the men in that room? If we could see what was going on, actually, you know, you could, you'd be reading their faces right now and going, I don't think they're too happy with what's happening, right? Okay? So here she is. She is, she's at the feet of Jesus, went right into the home, knelt at the feet of Jesus, and here she is. She's broken. She's weeping. And she covered his feet with the tears that fell from her face. She kept crying and drying his feet with her long hair. Over and over, she kissed Jesus' feet. Then she opened her flask and anointed his feet with her costly perfume as an act of worship. Wow. You know, I, I just think of the, the Roma in the room, and, um, and then I also look at my life and say, what am I like compared to her? Because you know, folks, we've all been redeemed. There's not one of you here that's not a sinner. There's not one of you that this past week didn't commit a sin. Whether it's to in your own relationship with your spouse, whatever that could be, you know that sin. I don't even have to tell you. But he redeemed you. But he forgave you. And that should cause us to not be concerned about how we look, which is what was one of the things that jacked up their hearts. And it can jack my heart up too is I'm more concerned about how I look in front of you than I am in where my heart is in loving him. And then I miss it. I miss the forest because of the trees. And here she is doing this, pouring this out, and I'm not going to go on anymore, but 
the response. They, they said, Jesus, <laughs> he's not a prophet. No way. I can't be. Because look, he's allowing this to go on. Can't really be, can he? I mean, there was so much judgment in that room. You know, they knew who this woman was. Maybe some of them have even visited her, right? We don't know. But they knew. But there was so much judgment in the room, you could feel the tension. But Jesus broke through that, right? And he challenged him because they said, no way, he can't because he doesn't know who she is. Oh, he knew who she was. But here her heart was in a neutral she engaged her heart, not in first and second and third, but she was all the way in fifth gear going for it towards Jesus, crying. And this was such a costly act of worship. She found the treasure. She knew who Jesus was. Now I'm just going to skip down to some verses here, and I want you to listen to this. Jesus started to tell him about a guy who owed him money, and he went on about money. But at the end of this, he said to him, he spoke to Simon about the woman still weeping at his feet. Don't you see this woman kneeling here? She's doing, doing for me what you didn't bother to do. When I entered your home as your guest, you didn't think about offering me water to wash the dust off my feet. Yet she came into your home and washed my feet with her many tears and then dried my feet with her hair. You didn't even welcome me into your home with a customary kiss of a greeting. But from the moment I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil, but she anointed my head and feet with the finest per perfume. She has been forgiven of all her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me very little. Very little. You know... When we think about this woman, I think about the fact that in this moment, Jesus honored her in such a way that those other, other guys in the room were humiliated. They were humiliated because they realized how far they were away from God and how close she was to God. See, that's why pride and arrogance doesn't get you anywhere. God says it's the, the person that's humble, the person that, you know, he sits in the back and then he's invited to the front because he recognizes that his worth comes from God and God alone. Jesus gives him worth. You see, sometimes we say, God, I'm too busy. My schedule, you don't know my schedule. And the next point I want to make is Invest in your heart. Invest in your heart. Stop saying, I don't have time. Everybody has the same amount of time, 24 hours a day. Make the time. She made the time, and I feel like that in my own life too. Sometimes time can get away from us. But if we start to say to ourselves, okay, I'm going to take the time, whether it's 15 minutes to have that wonder hour, to have that moment where I'm basically just in his presence, where I get to tell him, not only hear him and tell him about all my, 
all my things I need, but I get to share how much I love him. You see, the thing is, is that you have to invest. One of the great things about this church, this community here, is it can become a community that burns. That we can become a community here in this place that will become a place where people want to come. Why? Because the hearts burn here for Jesus. And when your hearts burn for Jesus, you burn for one another. You do. First Peter says it all over that you love one another. Love one another fervently. I remember when I was in uh, Ecuador. And there was this couple that uh, were going to be getting married. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, okay, they asked me to come because they couldn't afford to do the wedding. They were going to get the certificate, but could you do the ceremony in the house? And I said, okay, I, I was going to do it. Um, and um, they were having an argument. You know, this is the day of their wedding, and they're having an argument. And I, and I can't remember what it was about, but I took, talked to them, and I said, Ephesians 4.32, be kind. Because they were both believers. Be kind one to another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another even as Christ has forgiven you. You see, it starts with us burning. And then we start to be tender-hearted toward. Because it's so easy to get jacked up in our hearts and get offended. Come on. There are people from the mission field who get offended and bam, they're out of there. I'm out of here. Come on, if that was the way, how many times have you been offended in your relationship? Come on, with someone. Right? You've been offended, and you got to get over it. you got to say to yourself, I'm not going to be offended in my heart. Don't get my heart jacked up. Maybe something somebody didn't say to you, or somebody said this, and you said, well, I wasn't sure how they said that, but I think it was like maybe negative towards me, and I'm just going to let that guy know I'm going to have my cold shoulder because I don't want, you know what I mean? And we go on and on, and what happens is the fire starts to get down. It's getting cold in here. It's getting cold in here because you got something against this person, and you got something against that person, and our hearts get jacked up so that God can't work in our hearts in such a way that will enable us to be tenderhearted. And we've got to deal with that, right? It's so easy to get jacked up and offended. And we see that a lot today in, in, in offenses. Okay, so invest in our heart. Not only that, invest in the hearts of others. Because a community that burns, not only do they love Jesus, they love others, but they challenge each other. We challenge each other to go for it. I want to be around those who burn. When I invested, you say, you have four children, they're going for God. What happened is because I invested in the hearts of my children. What did you do? I said, they were there when I, at River of Life. They were there when I was at YWAM Elkwater. They were there in Kansas City. I took them on mission trips to India, to Mozambique. I put them in situations because I knew in myself, obviously, that they needed to be around others that they could see who burn, who burn, who burn for Jesus. Where are those who are on fire those who are ablaze with a passion for Jesus. Because we don't want a flat line. <laughs> Holy Spirit comes and enables us. That's how it happens. It starts with help, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. That's it. It comes with that. 
and he enables us to invest. I remember my um, <clears throat> niece, about a year ago, my brother and I were in a car traveling to, to, to visit my foster brother who's dealing with cancer, and he started to talk to me about his um, third oldest child, Addie, who's in high school, and he started to say to me how she's drifting in her heart, drifting away from God, away from the things, and she's got a boyfriend now, and the boyfriend wasn't um, a Christian, and right there in the car, I really felt like Holy Spirit just getting me, like, excited, like, just, you need to speak up, man, you need to get active, like, you got to get out of neutral, you got to get in a neutral jack, that's my brother, younger brother, I said, you got to get out, this is totally red flag, I wasn't going to sit by, sometimes we do that, when you see a brother or sister, and you need to intervene in Holy Spirit, you intervene, you intervene, you step into that situation when you see that, because that's your brother, that's your sister, and love call compels you. As Heidi says, love compels you to, the, to go to that one person who's broken and weeping. Love compels you. Here, got to get some water. Ah. So I said to my brother, you know, this is, this is, this is really, you got you to gotta tell her. You got you to gotta contend for her heart right now. Because it's drifting. And the crazy thing was that her boyfriend's name was Jack. All right? And so I got home. I got to his house. And there at the kitchen table, my niece, my 17-year-old niece was sitting there. And again, Holy Spirit was just burning in me. And I came up to her and I said to her, I said, Addie, man, God has so much for you. She does. He has so much for you. There's such a calling on you. There is, and there is on each one of you here this morning, there is such, don't settle. Don't settle for less. We've been talking about the promises of God for our lives. Don't settle. And I said, God has something even better than what you are, what the devil is trying to fill your head with, these lies that are not true, that's trying to compel you to keep in this relationship that's going nowhere. And it's time for you. And right there, the Holy Spirit was working. Her tears started coming in her eyes. And her parents are going, what's going on? Well, I know what's going on. The Holy Spirit's touching her. That's what's going on right now. Because she's beginning to get a vision for what she can become. She's starting to see what God is going to do in her life. She's beginning to get her heart jacked up. It's not going to flatline. It's going to be a different situation. So I had no idea what was going to happen. But my brother later on said, you have no idea. And he says, you were a godsend. She broke up with that guy. And uh, she just realized, she just took it to heart what you had to say. Well, I knew it was Holy Spirit in enabling me to do that. Right? Because if it was just me and my words, it's not going anywhere, right? And that's what we got to pray, church. We got to pray that even as we talk to Pope, get the Holy Spirit involved. Make sure the Holy Spirit as we, we burn together. So Addie, guess what? This is an exciting. Addie today is in Hawaii. Okay? At YWAM. YWAM in Hawaii. Come on, that's right. She's in Hawaii and YWAM. And guess what? Where she is right now? She's in Nepal. 
She's in Nepal serving in Nepal for three months. I believe it's three months or something. She's doing missions in three months in Nepal right now. And my, and my brother says to me, well, actually, my brother didn't say, but my sister-in-law, I heard saying, you have, you have no idea how my, my daughter is so on fire. I wish I had done this with my other kids. My other kids went to university first. One of the kids and I. But my daughter, she's so on fire. And, and she wants to go back again for another year to study in that. You see her heart. She got around. You see, the thing is, if we're going to invest in our heart, folks, we got to be around people that burn. Do you burn? Do you burn? Do you burn? Come on. Do you burn? Am I burning? I know what a small fire does. It doesn't do much. I know what a bonfire does. I start a bonfire almost every year to burn all that extra wood and stuff like that, and it gets pretty hot. And that's the thing. You want people to come into the presence where it's hot. Come on. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, you know about the furnace, don't you? You guys know what the furnace was like, don't you? Whoa. I mean, it was so hot, right? The guys that threw them in there, they were, they were fried. I mean, I didn't even know. Like, they were all oh, fried. Like, seriously. And then these three guys were in there, and then they thought, that's it, man. You're gone. And they were, they were willing to accept their fate, and that's another key. If you want to be recitated, you got to be willing to die. Because God has desires that he wants to put in you. And some of the desires you have aren't what God wants. But God wants to put these amazing desires to call you, right? So investing in your heart. And so what happened was, all of a sudden, there's a fourth person in the fire with them. And that's the awesome thing, is when we invest in our hearts, and we invest in our children, and we invest in them, their hearts start to burn. They burn. Mas fuegos. Mas fuegos. More fire. More fire. Goodbye, apathy. Goodbye, cynicism. And goodbye, giving the enemy too much credit. I'm going to let my heart get in alignment with his heart. I'm going to watch the rhythm. You know, your rhythm of the heart. It's, it's amazing. When I, when I was there in Raleigh and my grandson was being born. Um, before he was being born, I saw this monitor in UNC, which is the hospital uh, my uh, daughter-in-law was in, and they had the monitor of her heartbeat. They had the contractions, and each one of them were lines, and they had the baby's heartbeat so they could keep a line, see what's going on. Um, and, and it was amazing to see that. And God's heartbeat we want our, our rhythms of our heart to align with his heartbeat, right? To burn, to burn in fire. I remember when I was in, uh, in India with Pastor Anand, and I said to Pastor Anand, he worked in the slums. I said, what's the fuel that burns in your heart? What's the fuel? What's the fuel that keeps you going? Because in the face of persecution, in the face of what was going on there, what was it? That kept you, and it was being in the presence. We're so much busy today, aren't we? We're so much in a rush. It's hard to stay in the hidden place. You know why? Because we want to be noticed. The world wants to be noticed. Think about that. How many likes did I get today? Right? We want to be noticed. And when you're in that place where your heart can get uh, healed, where your heart can get restored, 
You have to find that place, that hidden place. you got to do whatever is necessary. I remember times where I had to go away. When I was in Moldova, where I was in a situation, I had to just, okay, I'm out of here. i got to have this time with God. And I found a place just by myself with the Word of God and soaking in it. And then I came back on fire. Because the next time I was in, in, a, in a situation where I had to face this, this enemy's attack, but if I hadn't had that time, where what, what would have happened? Right? What would have happened? So what's it going to be? You can have it, your heart in 2018, on fire, engaged, engaged on fire, a heart that burns with His presence, a heart that adores a heart that goes after God, it's, it's the thing that, that brings the most dividends. It's an investment that's well worth it. It's so well worth it. Don't listen to the enemy's lies. I just prophesy over you this morning. I prophesy over you. I speak to each heart here that your heart would burn like never before, that you wouldn't allow the circumstances Whatever those circumstances be right now, I just pray they would not touch you. And when they get near the fire, they would get fried. Come on. And when you're in that fire, when you're in that situation, whatever that might be, and you find yourself drifting, and you find yourself not engaged, I pray that you will do, you will do what's necessary to get your heart engaged, to invest to find, to be a part of getting a hold of somebody who's burning for him, doing what's necessary to get your heart on that fire for him. Father, we just speak right now to each heart. Father, we speak. We speak because we know of your mercy. We know of your redemption. We know of what the cost. And Father, we speak right now to each heart. And we say, God, that you would have your way with us, God. And Lord, if there's any doubt in our minds about who you are and the fact that we can't, we don't know, Lord, we just pray that we lay down any type of control over our lives. Just invite the Holy Spirit right now, Holy Spirit within you, just to speak to you. And again, if there is just take that moment right now. We're just going to do that right now. Invite. His presence is here. There's and just ask God to do a heart checkup on you right now. Where is God speaking to you? Do you adore Him? Do you really, really adore Him? Or is He just a passing thought? Are you here this morning and there's one of you, there's someone that has never, ever had an encounter to the point where they've actually humbled themselves. And you know what? I can't do this on my own. I need Jesus Christ in my life. I need forgiveness of sins. I know that he paid that price on the cross. I want to be like that woman who came, and I want to just come to him because he's the only one that can redeem me this morning. He's the only one that can save my soul. He's the only one that can fill me up. He's the only one that can give me the spirit that enables me to live the life that he's called me to live, which is a life way better than living where... In the, in the pig pen. And he's the one that calls me. He's the one. He's the one that brought me to Kansas City. He's the one that took me and helped enabled me to plant a church in River of Life. He's the one that enabled me to go to the missions. He's the one that's enabled me to reach my city. He's the one that's going to enable me 
to be the kind of husband I need to be in this new year or the wife I need to be. He's the one that's going to restore the relationship because I'm going to make my heart, I'm going to bring my heart in alignment with him. It's not just going to be about activity. It's going to be about his presence. It's going to be about his presence because that's where I'm going to get my beloved fulfillment, my love. In that hidden place, God, when no one sees. Jesus says, come into the closet where no one sees and I will reward you. If you seek me, I will reward you. Child, why are you trying to do this in your own strength, child? You are my son. You are my daughter. Why do you try and try? Why are you worried? Why are you stressed? Why are you so easily frustrated? Why don't you put your hand in mine? Let's walk this road together so uh, you can feel the burning in your heart. Oh, God, we run so much ahead of you. We do. We try to figure it out in our own minds and brains, and yet we forget what's so much important, that you are the treasure. You are the treasure. God, bring us, bring us, Lord, as only you can. May we be like that woman who kisses your feet over and over. May the perfume of our love, may the aroma in this place, in this building, in our homes, in our businesses, and in our lives, may that aroma just flow and flow towards heaven. Because you are worthy. You never left us where we are. And we know we can't do it on our own. So church, this is your turn, time to burn. Don't count on anybody else to do it for you. Let the Spirit of God work through you. Burn from you, because you are worthy. So worthy, Jesus. You are worthy of it all. Let my heart, let my heart be for you, only for you. Let my heart. Let my heart be for you, only for you. It's worth, it's the worst investment. He says, I've saved you from a fruitless life, a useless life. So many people go to the, have addictions because they're trying to get comfort in things that don't give comfort. Alcohol won't do it. That affair won't do it. Look at the mess the world is in today because of all that. Look at the mess. But Jesus says, I want to bring into that situation. I want to bring my heart for you as you bring your heart for him. So Jesus, right now, we just come before you. And like never before, God, we say, forgive us, forgive me for when I've allowed myself to put other things in front of you. Forgive me when I've allowed my heart to drift. God, just come with your presence, your manifest presence. We want to kiss you. We want to love on you, God, like never before. Oh, Jesus, 
May we value, may we honor, may we respect you like you deserve. May this place be a place, a culture of honor, where we prefer and honor one another above ourselves. May your love flow. Father, we just pray that you would deliver us from selfishness, from greed. Deliver us, God. God, will waken our hearts again to your word. Thank you, Jesus. We want to be on fire for you. We want to burn. Burn, Lord, like a bonfire. Oh, God, we just love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I'm just going to invite the worship team to come up and just to sing that song again. Let my heart, only you, Jesus, only you, let my heart want for you. And I'm going to invite you. Let's all stand this morning. Let's stand. And I want you to do something. I want you to put the hand on the next person beside you. Just put your hand on them. And I want you to just speak to them a word, whatever Holy Spirit. And if you just say, well, I don't, I've never done this before, just say, I'll just pray God's best for you in the new year then. But if the Holy Spirit gives you something to say, you say it over that person. That person could be needing a word from you. And you're their brother and you're their sister in the Lord. Just put your hand on that person right now. Speak over them. Let their heart, let your heart, let your heart move for only Him. Yeah, just begin to do this as we sing this song. Just inviting you. Love on the person, then just do it. And then again, after you've done that, this then move on to the next person. All right? Put your hand and say, God, Holy Spirit will give you the words. Let's sing that. And bless you in this new year, 2018. Bless you. May each one of us go farther than we've gone before. May each one of us continue to see our hearts burn like they've never burned before. Like my niece Addie, may our hearts burn. May she continually burn. And may we set others on fire. Set our hearts on fire, God. Set our hearts on fire, God, this morning. Set our hearts on fire for you, Lord, to endure you, to burn for you, to invest our hearts in you.